0: Right ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the me, myself and hopefully you podcast. I'm your host Tarek, a 19 year old university student currently experiencing a midlife crisis as he has no idea what he wants to do with his life. So rather than see a career advisor or a therapist, I decided to start a podcast where I invite guests from an array of backgrounds to tell me their story. And whilst finding out about them, hopefully I can find out more about myself too. So if you can relate, or maybe you just want to see where I end up, join me every Sunday right here. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest at this, my guests, sorry, yes, it's plural, Get plural, plural. I feel like I'm speaking like I'm from London, considering I've been living in Reading for the vast majority of the last uh, six months. Plural, it's not plural, it's plural. Guests, yes, guests at this time. Uh, are two young lads learning to take on the giants of the food delivery service Uh, with their new and recently released digital platform Wutsu. Wutsu is looking to provide your groceries in under 90 minutes specializing in world foods to provide delicious ingredients and meals for ethnic minorities so that they can cook up a recipe that reminds them of home or their cultural background. Wutsu's founders sit with me and discuss how they came up with the idea the romantic way uh, that they met the challenges of developing a startup in such a competitive market, including working two full-time jobs at once to fund the idea. Lessons they've learned along the way and where they're off to next. Please welcome me in introducing the first ever Me, Myself and Hopefully You podcast episode with two guests. That's a mouthful, Heaver and Matthew. So, Matt and Heaver. I want to just start off with um, some quick fire questions just so um, the viewers and the listeners can get to know you a bit more. Um, I'll, I'll ask you both the same question and then yeah. Matt, you can start and then Heva you can carry on. Uh, Matt, uh, the first question I want to ask you is what is the last thing on your
1: camera roll? The last thing on my camera roll? Yeah. Oof, that's I'm going to have to ask one. you to actually sense. go on it and check as well. That's I've had actually some... a good point. Okay, let me and actually
2: have answer. a
0: look. It'll okay. not be porn. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just carrying on, The dirty minded. You, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm <is> assuming the are could dirty
1: minded now. Very, yeah, so, very. So, I mean, in all fairness, most of it is Wutsu, but then the last one was just some QA testing that I've just done uh, with for an app. So, um, okay. that, it's uh, some QA testing exactly for the app. Right now. All right, what about you, Hiva?
0: Now, I'm not, uh, you're the one I'm excited Okay on. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm something.
2: very concerned. Uh, I'm, I'm praying to oh. God that I don't have anything here. One second.
0: On my By the phone. way, there is no proof that you have to provide. So please, if it is porn, don't tell us that it's porn.
2: Just no, it. no, no. It's actually <laughs> just a picture of a galaxy. But there, there were interesting all... things before that. But I will of not share what? that. Of, galaxy. A of a galaxy? Yeah. Like the phone? No, no, no. Like the car. Like I, an actual, like, stars, sort of universe galaxy.
0: Oh, right. Okay, yeah. okay. All oh, right. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah. why do you have that? Uh,
2: I'm fascinated by space. Well, me and Matthew are you- both are.
0: Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll talk a bit about that and where that came from and why you're so fascinated. Because I think space is quite interesting, but I'm not like proper into it. I'm not like a physician into it or physics-like person into it. Um, so my next quickfire question is, uh, if you ha- could only pick one role model in life, who would it be, Matt? Uh, right now, Elon. Okay. I saw on your Instagram that you went to some SpaceX thing as well.
1: Which was
0: mm, quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Do like what, it quite a bit. so why 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 Elon Musk?
1: Uh he's just, you know, he's he's incredible the way the sort of, you know, time he manages his time. He's he's basically taken everything, uh everything he had and he, he went on a huge risk to, to sort of create the, the, the existing companies that he has nowadays. I mean, uh, you know, he, he had a chance of losing both companies, and yet he still took the risk to invest into both of them. And now he's, he's killing it, really, in the game. And he's just, he's a great mind. If he doesn't know it, he's going to learn it. And he just doesn't care. Um, you know, he'll learn anything. Whatever it takes for him to understand what's happening, he'll, he'll go out of his way to learn it and that's what I, i'm fascinated about so it's it's that it's that will to want to constantly learn and uh, go in the uncomfortable positions in life uh, i think that's really important
0: have you uh watched the uh, podcast with uh,
1: joe rogan that you've done mm, yeah yeah honestly though like the first one was the best one when it, you know the, the one where you smoked the joint because yeah, i think yeah. they it was sort of the most sort of energetic time uh, for his company because, I mean, you know, Tesla was going through a a rough patch and then, you know, sort of SpaceX was still somewhat going along, but it didn't have the hype that it currently has right now. So it was also quite interesting with just everything. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that that one was, I preferred a lot more to to this current one, because uh, this current one, I think Joe Rogan was kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, he just didn't know what he was talking about uh, regarding uh, SpaceX. And that was a bit annoying. (laughs) All right. I mean, you can't expect the man to
0: know everything. He he does have. No, no,
1: that is true as well. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Heva, who would you say is your role model?
2: So it's a bit of a weird one. It'd be interesting if you know him, but Naval Ravikant.
0: Naval is the um. Was he on the Joe Rogan podcast as well? Am I? He he
2: has been on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's got Like a.
0: So is Naval? He's on like on on getting rich and um, how everyone can get rich or something like that.
2: Sort of, yeah. So he, he describes, you know, how to be successful in your life, not just about yeah. wealth. I think the way he goes deep into topics, uh, especially about wealth creation, mm. you know, the fact he he mentioned th- things like, you know, the three things you need to, to be quite successful in your, in your career is to have specific knowledge, leverage and capital, which I think it's a lot more, it's a lot more truthful than these guys going around these, you know, gurus saying, this is how you can make money or this is how you can build a profitable business. And he also talks a lot about how you know when it comes to to doing startups it's a you're not exactly a laborer you're more of an athlete right so you do sprints you look at what you did in that sprint and afterwards you see if you've done good progress or not and if you've made good progress then you repeat that and reiterate Um, and that's generally how progress in startups is made it's not it's not a consistent effort really it's kind of like these drives where you Mm. review how you've done things because it's a it's an intellectual field it's not really a a a laboring field it's it's uh, and that's why these these companies exactly precisely
0: i mean Mm. I yeah
1: oh matt was a bit mm. Mm. (laughs) no i mean i mean in a sense like yeah work smart you know, but it it also goes in, you have to also put in the hours in a sense. So yeah, you can work smart. Oh, yeah, and you can, yeah. It can save a hell of a lot of time, but at the same time, you know, if you don't put enough time into it, as smart as you work, it's not going to bring, uh, you know, the results that you expect uh, when, you, when you're when you trying to hit milestones that are, you know, uh, weekly milestones. That you really need to, you need to put in these crazy hours to actually also achieve uh, sometimes the unachievable. So um that's uh, something we i think we realized as well uh soon enough and uh we've just been uh yeah, putting in these uh long long hours yeah and we'll,
0: um, we'll definitely get into that as well about your sort of experiences and, and how you've had to work hard and how you've had to change the way you work as well my final quick fire question to the both of you is um if there was a house fire and everyone survived but well, you could only protect or keep one item what would the item be And it can't be your phone because your phone stays in your pocket 99% of the time.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question, actually. Um, This is at home, you say, yes? Okay. Um, Well, honestly, considering all my work consists of my laptop, I'd have to bring my laptop. (laughs) <laughs> okay. i mean because yeah i mean I've, I've also i recently moved in so my flat is still relatively uh empty so there's not much to take really oh, okay okay
0: maybe not from <laughs> your home wherever you have your most possessions.
1: okay ah, uh, then okay that does change something then um so maybe your old home or wherever oh actually there's one nice thing that um, my mom always did when she was uh, when we always went traveling it's she always created these memory books um and it was all, all the pictures of everything we saw, the family times. I think I'd try and uh, cherish those moments and take those books with me, because, you know, memories can't be sort of, they can be kept, but it's nice to, to have something there to always look back onto, and I think that would be something I definitely want to want to keep.
0: A lot of people do say that as well. A lot of people do mm-hmm. say, like, sort of four albums, you know, because of the memories, but then some people just say, well, that's on my laptop anyway. It's, it's quite sad. Our answer to these questions are usually like technological, because everything is so reliant on our phones and everything is backed yeah.
1: up
0: on the cloud or whatever. Uh, what about you, Hiva, What's who's, uh, What would you save?
2: I would say, I would say, I would, I would have also agreed on Matthew on the photo one. And as you clearly said, you know, all of our memories are now backed up digitally. So you know, that's not really a problem anymore. So you know, house fires. You know, it's it's an interesting question you ask that because most people they they think about it and be like, which one do I go for first? Um, I think personally, I would have, I, I would save some of my books, um, my, my diary books and my notebooks, because yeah. I, I, I do record a lot of what happens in a day-to-day basis. A lot of my thoughts, my memories, uh, how I'm feeling. So, you know, that kind of thing, um, if I, if I keep that on me, it, at least it's something that I've kept with me throughout the years and it can remind mm. me of who I am.
0: Well, how did you get started in that in, in generally in, in, in that and keeping a diary?
2: It was a couple of years ago. So I, uh, I just started off with, you know, waking up in the morning and writing down my dreams and, and uh, mm. how things were in them. And it wasn't a consistent effort. So I, w- I didn't do it on a day-to-day basis, but it'd be more like whenever I felt like it, I just write something down. Mm. You know, I write down thoughts, ideas, plans, or, you know, whatever I really felt like doing in that moment. So I've got like this, it's a really weird notebook because I write in both the front and also the back. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not a really consistent thing, but it's got so much in there that I've experienced over the years. Every time I flick through the pages, I just think to myself, like, oh God, that's what I did two years ago or three years ago.
0: So what, 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 if, if you, if you don't mind sharing, what were those first dreams that you first noted down? Do you
1: remember?
2: Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the dreams, they were, it was, um, they weren't anything special in particular, but it was just like this feeling of like, I need to do something with my life. I need to be, mm-hmm. I need to have some sort of purpose and meaning. Um, and, you know, I'd wake up frequently after after these dreams and I just go to my book and write them down because, you know, very often people, they just look beyond their dreams. They try and rationalize why that dream happened. I just think to myself, your, your body's trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. So it's worth noting it down, even if you don't care about it, because maybe tomorrow you'll look back at it and say, God, that makes sense. I experienced this and this the other day, and those feelings of wanting to do something actually eventually trans—that's what kind of started the company as well. So that's why it's so precious to me and having these books.
0: Eva, you've gone a full one eighty on my perception of Kurdish people. You've gone from um, <laughs> very minded before the podcast to uh, very deep, and thoughtful human being. Um, it's interesting you say that. Um, i mean you might you might end up ruining it at the end i don't know but it is interesting we'll do. Say that. i've i've like i think a lot of people myself included are, are going through a process right now during the pandemic where they don't know what they want to do but they know they want to do something uh, and yeah. we and I've, I've felt like this for a few months now or even over or, or nearly a year now actually um, uh, it was it's interesting you mentioned sort of dreams Is i had i had a really weird dream that i was a tv presenter uh, last night um, wow! It was it was it was a, it was such a good dream because I was a TV presenter and everyone loved me. And I was and I know in, in, in uh, if you're an actual TV presenter, not everyone can love me. But I remember waking up and thinking, mate, I should so be a TV presenter. I'd love it. I'd love the sort of be, being able to talk to people, interview them, maybe on a podcast. Because it was an interview that I was doing on uh, on I don't know who I was interviewing. It was just some random person. But I know in the dream I was interviewing someone and I was presenting it on TV. And it's interesting you say that because whilst I was at work today, I was like, maybe I should go into something like that. And I was thinking about how I could, how how I could go into something like that. And I almost took inspiration from my own dream. And like you said, I, I listened to my body in a sense, and to what the body. Exactly. Is. So it is. It's yeah. It's 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 quite interesting that you actually said that. Um, moving on from that, I would just want to hear more about sort of uh, your background. Now, um, Heva, you're Kurdish, Matt. You were bo- well, you grew up in, in Africa, in Senegal and in Kenya. Um, Hiva, I, I want to hear more about this your your Kurdish background and what it was like for you growing up.
2: Okay, so Tarik, I presume you're from you're of Asian descent, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think you very well know the kind of uh, traditional story of any you know sort of foreigner that lives yeah. not foreigner but like second generation immigrant or first generation immigrant that lives in the country. Now, although I look kind of pale and I can blend in, sort of, um, my name isn't so obvious, uh, obviously, you know, stereotypically European in that yeah. sense. So my parents moved here from, you know, the Kurdish region because they fled Saddam. So they were fleeing war and persecution and whatnot. So, you know, we, we came in here in such a better life. And I'm very thankful for the opportunities that I've had here because I would have never have been able to start this company without the things I've had. But throughout my childhood, throughout, you know, growing up in, in those years, you know, I very quickly realized that, you know, there was a sense of like, I just felt like there was this tension that I wasn't accepted. That this is, wasn't really my place to be. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of like pushed me into the little corner where I, I just felt like, you know, this is, it's sort of, how can I describe it? There's, you don't, you don't feel like this place is home. You don't feel like the UK is your home. Or you don't feel like London is your home and you know very quickly i realized it it wasn't just because of my ethnic background but also because a lot i also i also kind of thought a little bit differently to a lot of my peers you know i would prefer reading for example Mm. as opposed to you know engaging other activities i like to play chess for example so it was it was a very difficult childhood but this sort of kind of developed me into the character i am today so those experiences that i had they essentially helped me form this persona of like, I can really do anything I dream of because I don't fear like rejection. I don't fear uh, being hated because I've already experienced that. I know what it's like at the other side of, of the wall. So now that I've built this sort of personality from, from these experiences it's actually helped me a lot with my startup. And part of the reason why we even started the company was because, you know, ethnic food is very difficult to find. And I really wanted, people to experience the sense of you know we're not that different human beings in general and our cultures kind of unite us food really unites people and the fact you can order your groceries from an asian shop a middle eastern shop an eastern european shop on the platform and have it delivered same day potentially with a recipe it really helps people build a perspective of you know you know people are really united by food
0: yeah, i mean i like that food is obviously great i mean i love as you can probably tell i mean you can't tell from down here but man's fat so <laughs> like i love it obsessed with it um and uh, you know i really want to try like kurdish food what's like a, a kurdish staple
2: kurdish staple um well we there's, there's loads of things i mean we have a lot of traditional middle eastern food we have uh, for example dolma which is like grape leaves and you stuff like rice with them matthew's had some of this food by the way so he, he can actually comment on this Okay. Um good. We have like rice with broad beans. Um, I would say one that we I, I love personally is biryani, but that's also shared across all across Asia. Biryani is
0: great.
2: It's fantastic, yeah, yeah. We have it all the time, so it's one of my favorite dishes, I have to say.
0: <laughs> like, that is the thing that would unite the world is biryani. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one, no one can say they don't like it. If you don't like biryani, you don't I don't know what to say to you.
2: Exactly, but do you not- have it with raisins or without reasons?
0: I would have it with raisins but I don't have it with raisins so I'm more than happy to have it with
2: raisins okay okay fair because right. I
0: like sweet things so I have pineapple and pizza okay but um, really yeah oh, you know I'm a big fan of pineapple I like I like sweet things yeah
1: yeah I, 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 I agree with you I don't think it's very I don't think it's that bad. It's great. Have you ever tried mm. it? Yeah no, I do yeah I've
0: no tried. see you can't say anything if you haven't tried it That's the thing a lot of people are like oh I hate pineapple pizza.
1: And then, why? personally, then I've never tried why? it. And they go, Exactly.
0: They, they go, oh, uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's just wrong. It's this fruit on a pizza. They just say, it's not
1: that's a pizza. What? It's Yeah, it's not a pizza. It's all they say. It's like, why? What makes it not a pizza? Exactly. It doesn't make sense.
2: It's because similar. people rush the conclusions before they actually try something. It's like, funny. your idea is not going to work. That pizza was not going to work. It's, it's a very similar thing, to be honest.
0: The thing is, with, with pineapple, I know I keep talking about pineapple pizza now, but the pineapple that's actually <laughs> on pizza doesn't tastes like pineapple on its own. There's a different taste to that pineapple. It's like it's almost slightly cooked. And that mixed with the sort of tomato base and every and the cheese gives the pineapple a different flavor. People think, people think the pineapple that the eating a pineapple on pizza is gonna taste like just eating pineapple and it's gonna ruin the pizza. I think that's why, why it happened. But it just adds this nice sweet element. Anyway, we'll just get on from pineapple on pizza. <laughs> it's a controversial topic. It's a controversial topic special topic I've ever actually mentioned on this podcast um so Matt um just to sort of I, I know he uh Hever sort of mentioned the uh the startup a lot uh what you know if I had to ask you to explain what the startup is and Heva did do that quite well there what
1: would you say it is yeah it's a way to, to bring happiness to everyone <laughs> um it's a way for us to bring everyone biryani uh, yeah right right no it's honestly it's it's a nice way to to help people and i think one big part of what we're doing is also to help people and make everyone's lives easier because you know you come back from you know everyone's working nowadays everyone's stressed in these current periods of time and if there's one thing that you know, we can do to help, it's to help offer a distribution center, for example, for groceries, uh, which is exactly what we do, especially for these local businesses that are suffering so drastically with this, with these measures now that are currently being put onto them. Um, this is something that we know we can help at the same time. It can help us and it can help them. Um, and it's, it's nice working with these stores as well to see a different uh, view on how, you know, these smaller businesses are actually being affected how uh, they're actually quite grateful with um, what's being offered to them. Because, you know, before, give it a, a year ago, there weren't exactly a lot of uh, options that, that weren't sort of yeah. you know, how, quite expensive. Um, but now uh, there's definitely quite a few alternatives uh, in this market, but few now for local ethnic sort of uh, grocery stores, which is why we've come into this market.
0: So is it like you're you're similar to almost like a delivery but for
1: like smaller local uh, markets with ethnic food yeah it's mainly ethnic I mean, it's not even that they're small uh, because there's some really big ethnic stores okay. um so it doesn't really matter about the size but it's more the key factor that they're ethnic so they're different yeah. they're, they're special in their own way <laughs> um and i think that's the important part um but yeah, we're different. We're not just another convenience, we're not just uh, selling groceries, some just another convenience stores because that's, those are just boring. Um, and we want to sell something a bit more special. And you call
0: this this business of yours Wutsu, yeah? Is that how yeah, you say
1: it? Yeah, exactly. W-U-T-Z-U, how did you come up with that name? Eva, do you want to go for that one or should I? Sure.
2: So uh, we, uh, so me and Matthew, we read a book called *Sun Tzu's Art of War*, which is probably you know you know it's a military no-brainer strategy yeah, yeah, book, yeah. right?
1: I've heard
2: of it. So yeah, never... to be honest, when we when we kind of started off the business, we were like, what do we what do we name it? I'm sorry if there's a baby in the background. It's just my All my right. brother. But um, there's um, after after reading the book, we just thought to ourselves that this is the this is kind of like the. <laughs> 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 it's actually really not loud.
1: <laughs> uh, no it's fine it's, it's, fine, fine, it's, fine, it's fine, fine it's fine okay
2: okay good uh, perfect so um we kind of thought to ourselves you know we're building a business right so when it comes to when it comes to building a business there's a lot of strategy involved and it's almost like running a, like an army or a small sort of um miniature group right so one of the names of the authors of the book was also called Woodsu, and we just thought to ourselves Right, we're applying all these principles to a business. We don't know what kind of business to start. And, you know, rather than spending so much time on a name, I'm going to be genuinely honest, it wasn't like we had a miracle happen. We said, you know, God revealed to us that Wutsu is the name of our business. We kind of just like the name, kind of fit in with the fact we wanted to start it. And we chose Wutsu as the name of our company.
0: I like it. It's not, it's not, it's short, it's snappy. It's, you know, sort of, I don't know. It just works, I guess. Um, I appreciate it. You know, it's weird as well. And it almost, because it's not an English word, it kind of, you know, shows the idea that this is, you know, ethnic. or So it has a link to um, sort of so another ethnicity. And, and it does, because it's you're, you're mainly sort of um, targeting sort of ethnic food and, and trying to provide um, ethnic food and act as a bridge between those groceries and to people at home. So that's where you sort of, you, you got the name from. But in terms of um, what, how the startup idea came where did that come from
2: sure so same thing as the notebook we I was um, literally sitting in a Starbucks coffee shop um, in central London and it was uh, it was in a really dark period of my life in terms of you know I was going through exams and um, you know I was going through a lot of stress uh, through a lot of factors you know I had things happening at home outside that sort of thing and it had a really really big impact on me and one of the things I enjoyed was just sitting in a Starbucks by myself. I know it sounds very lonely. Trust me. It is um, just getting myself a, like an iced coffee mm. and just sitting there and writing ideas in my book. And it was just like business ideas, general business ideas. Cause I, I knew I wanted to start something. And this is from the dream aspect of things. I just didn't know what to do. And I just looked for things that would help make people's lives easier. And one of the things I knew was that my mom for, months she would be complaining about you know i can't get my groceries you know it's difficult to go to the middle eastern shops they're like three or four miles away they don't offer any delivery services sometimes um i order the stuff over the phone they send me the wrong items so i thought to myself hang on a minute there's a huge gap in this market you know these stores haven't been digitalized because lack of communication they don't really know like half the technology and half how it works some of these ethnic stores you know because they come from ethnic backgrounds yeah, yeah. and they weren't educated in this country you know how that for example may impact their knowledge and understanding of technology like my for example all the ethnic stores that i know of literally struggle with doing basic things using their phone and it's because they just lack the understanding no one's taught them how to use this stuff they've never needed to
0: yeah well i mean like you said is you know they're from an ethnic uh, They're from an ethnicity, uh, they're from an ethnic background, which probably isn't as well educated. They've not had the privilege of growing up in this country or in a Western country and uh, the privilege of um, getting that Western education. Um, And for a lot of them, um, and I think you agree with me here for ethnic minorities. It's about, well, if it works, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And for them, you know, they make their money, they get a decent amount, you know, they can live off it. Happy days. They don't need to do anything else. like my dad's, my dad's the same when it comes to his takeaway and, and he had education here, but he still got that sort of ethnic um, sort of root because he, he, he doesn't want to buy a card machine for the takeaway, because he just goes, well, what's the point? They've, everyone pays by cash to me, so I don't really care. There's no point wasting money. And yeah, that's true, but you know, it can solve a lot of problems and issues and increase efficiency, but for him, it, it doesn't matter. Um, from there and from sort of now you've got the idea uh and I, I want to sort of slightly take a step back actually how did you and uh Matt I'll ask you this question how did you two like meet
1: uh yeah so that that's that's a, an interesting up first sight. Uh, no no well yeah no yeah I mean hmm. so what happened is uh <laughs> I back then what 17 yeah 17 and I was just doing some freelance work so design back then just Doing some design work, and um, I had reached out to one of my contacts, and normally offers me uh, or pings me if if he knows of someone that needs or a company that needs some work done. So in this case, he, he sort of sold me. Uh, he messaged me saying, "Hey, look, there's uh, there's someone that uh, I know uh, is interested, and needs a designer for for the company." So I said, "Okay, yeah, sure." Redirect me. So then he sent me the contact, but he sort he sort of sent me the wrong contact, and that wrong contact was Eva. Whoa. Um, this and is a romantic story, weirder. man. And it gets even weirder because I then just message Heva saying, Hey, uh, I've been redirected by this guy. First of all, Heva didn't know him, and then, or basically didn't know him. And then he was like, uh, We're not that company, or we're not any company at all. Um, but it's funny you mentioned that because I had this idea, and if you're interested, maybe you can jump aboard and, and, and we can do something out of it. So then he pitched it and then, uh, well, he sort of gave me, a, a, back then it was very, very basic. It was very sort of just a big picture type yeah. of idea. And um, he then told me, and then I said, okay, well, let me have an evening to sort of rest on it and think whether or not I want to you know, dedicate that much time and go full out. Because if I decide to do something, I will quite literally go 200% in and just go for it. Um, and so the next morning I, I sort of about it and then I call him up again and uh, yeah surely enough uh, I was interested and uh, we, we started uh, this this project and it's now developed into something quite a bit more significant. That's
0: mental that like, it was from a wrong number that you actually um mm. and I'm fair play to you either you could have literally just gone yeah no nah, that's the wrong number mate whatever And I think especially at the time uh, when you think of an idea you sort of just want it for yourself you're like no it's just me it's just me I want to do this um but like, to be like, oh, listen, I actually do need the help. To ask for help is quite a hard thing for, to do for some people as well. For, more, for a lot of people, even definitely myself, uh, to ask for help is, is, is quite difficult. So the fact that you did it at such an early stage as well, um, I mean, props to you there. So um, from that, um, I just want to start. Now I want to see how you got into the business, how you got started, because I've had ideas before. And I'm quite frustrated at the fact that I never write them down when I should. And I bet one of these ideas, I bet there's so many ideas that I've had. And it's one of the many reasons I started this podcast. One of the first reasons why was because I thought if I, if I record myself, because it was a solo podcast at first, and it kind of still is, I guess. I mean, uh, we'll see how it goes. But the whole point was me to start talking in front of a camera. And maybe one day when I look back at it, I can go, oh, my God, boom, I've got an idea and maybe develop it from that. Because I never wrote them down. So I've had ideas, and I think everyone has had ideas, but we've never no, – so many people don't move with that idea. So you've got the idea, Hiva. You've spoken to Matt. Matt, you're convinced. You're thinking, right, this is – I want to do this. I'm convinced by it. Actually, I, well, I want to ask you this. Why were you convinced by it, Matt? Why didn't you just think this guy's just some weird kid that
1: um- – well, to be honest, even at that stage, uh, at that point, I was, yeah, just before finishing my A-levels, and I don't know, I wanted to tell you more, I wanted, to, yeah, I, I just thought school was always a bit boring, a bit daft, um, so, I, I, yeah, I wanted something a bit more energetic that's going to get me off my feet, and uh, always had that dream of, you know, owning my own company, running it with a good partner, and um, hopefully turning it into a success, so, the idea and i love the idea the idea was just fantastic um I, mean, I i because obviously when i took time to think about it i'd obviously first research the market seeing if this is obviously a viable solution whether or not you know we're just being uh, little children about it and there's way bigger competitors already in the market and we're just going to get eaten alive um but then i had a look and there was really nothing so uh we i, I decided to take that take that step uh, with you.
0: So how do you actually research a market that
1: hasn't, that doesn't yet exist? Well, um, in a sense, it's just a lot of Googling, a lot of just seeing on-demand grocery delivery companies, just grocery delivery companies, what options there are. If I do want to get anything ordered from ethnic stores. Uh, so it just—it's a lot of just constant googling and just just having, uh, researching, just seeing what is out there, even in the market, even with bigger competitors, uh, not even indirect competitors as well. I research such as you know bigger chains, uh, you know uh, like Sainsbury's and things like that that also do uh, deliveries. Because um, back then, when we first looked at it, it was really there the really what weren't a lot of independent grocery yeah. uh, uh, distributors or on-demand um, marketplaces. Um, until recently where now they've been coming into the picture, obviously, because now COVID. So it's, it's quite a, a big theme and this market has just blown up. Um, and so, yeah, so that's yeah, how, that's how really, uh, that yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely. But then obviously, you know, we didn't have a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. So it, it took a lot longer to get to where we are right now. Had we actually had capital back then to then being able to uh, have developed and, and Proceeded with things a lot faster, so it took us a long time because we had to find developers that. Because obviously we we had no money, so we had to find developers that were going to work for us based on a percentage of our company that didn't even exist yet. So we had to convince someone to work for us, even though we had nothing. So we had to somehow convince them that this was a great idea, which wasn't difficult because it was a great idea. But you know, sometimes most people, you know, they're going to be scared off because they have to dedicate so much time into something that they don't even know if it's going to work. Um, so that, that was a challenge on its own, finding people that are loyal as well. That was another issue. You know, it's finding people that, you know, you can trust in, in, in such a, a place where, you know, you're not going to have people that are going to give up after the first issue that comes up. I mean, we've, we've been constantly bombarded with issues. It's just about how you can avoid those issues and how you can also learn from your issues uh, from your, errors and never repeat them again um and that's what we've been learning as we as, as we went along really because we hadn't really, we hadn't worked in other companies before okay yeah. now uh we have and we do have more experience working for other companies but when we initially started off it was really bare bone we just had that that little knowledge of business mm. and we just started reading researching and, and learning more about wh- what it is to, to, to have a successful company and, and how one builds one.
0: So is that how is that the first thing you sort of did try and find some supporters, some people that were willing to give you the, some capital in order for a share of the business?
1: No, no. Um, well, no, no, we, we, we didn't look for any money. The important part was building something i mean money wasn't really something that we we're necessarily looking at because we knew we weren't going to initially get it with mm-hmm. marketplaces it is extremely difficult to get investors to jump aboard because the the uncertainty of it not working is is just so high um that investors don't want to take a chance until you actually have enough revenue for them then yeah. to justify investing in the company so we knew it? that yeah no of course so you know we we had to wait wait a fair bit and um that's why we were looking for employees instead, people that could work for us based on, uh, on uh, you know, interest. Uh, well, share the company is, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, OK,
0: OK. So you gave them a share in, and they would work for you. And so right. I remember um, I remember reading something before this podcast and it was about it was on your on your profile. And it was about you working um, two different jobs whilst you mm. had the store. Is that right?
1: yeah that's that's still present
0: oh is it okay so all right okay okay so what what, what's your role in in that um and that Um, is obviously the reason why you you, you're doing that is because you want to fund this business
1: of yours correct so yeah that's literally the only reason as to why i'm doing this um so i I work for well currently it's still two real estate companies but now i'm leaving one and going now full-time into another one um to precisely get some kind of income to be able to then reinvest it into the company because um, we need something. Uh, Yes. Okay. We have, some investment but if we want to keep going we still have to put something into the company mm-hmm. you know it isn't as easy as taking other people's money and then expecting this uh, to work we have to also take the risk and put your own money into into this company to, to actually show that you really believe in it and if you have put your own money trust me you're going to work so much harder because you know you've put money into this company and this is yours that's, that's, and it's on the yeah, line yeah exactly well. exactly so no no it's sort of that 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 feeling that uh, you know i believe in this company and uh, it's just a matter of time
0: yeah i'm 100 you know that's and so what about you Heva? what are you are you have you got a job as well um trying to fund it
2: yeah okay. so both matthew and i work but matthew because he lives in berlin uh he he literally works full time he's working you know, I don't think it's even humanly possible for a human mm-hmm. to work two full-time jobs. So Matthew is doing three jobs. He's working at two different companies and Wutsu. I mean, this guy still has energy to work late nights, and it's insane. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm, I'm working... I, I'm i I'm doing the majority of the store signups on the ground, so I'm unable to um, have a little bit of time during the day to actually, like, you know, work a normal um, office job, for example, to help yeah. fund the business. So what I do instead is that my father... Um, he's kindly lent me an office in the basement of his um, of his store. We have an electrical store in London, and that's actually where I've I've got my, our employee in London, um, our salesperson in London, working from. So I just basically do the IT and manage his websites, and I get paid, you know, a decent fair amount that will help. You know, I can I can put a contribution to the business every month, mm. and I basically just work during the evenings or sometimes during the day if I have some time and he needs something done, for example or if they need some, some kind of IT assistance with their till systems, you know, get a ring up or something like this. So, you know, we, Matthew and I are working round the clock to essentially keep the business afloat because, you know, it is, this is a tough field to be competing in. Mm. And businesses of a marketplace sort of nature, they are very in, like investment heavy because it, the, the principle it relies on is the network effect. You know, without stores, you're not going to get customers. Without customers, you're not going to get stores. But once you start the chain, once yeah. you start the circle, it gains momentum and it will be free by itself. You know, so that's the expectation we have. And we're really just trying to get it to the level where we can say, hey, you know, this is, you know, this is sailing smoothly. And, you know, customers are coming automatically and the stores are coming to us. We don't need to reach out to them. They're automatically finding us. But this is yeah. a long, it's it's a long and tough journey. And Matthew and I have been through mm. ups and downs crazy crazy stuff throughout the for the past two years and you know now i think about it actually i just had a moment when matthew was talking i was just visualizing you know some experiences i've had you know late night calls with matthew for example where you had really tough conversations
1: you I know, mean, quite and, sometimes and it, we call it three in the morning it's to that wow. point
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and like sometimes you get very emotionally riled up or sometimes you you there's a lot going on and you need to, you need to sort these things out, especially in a startup business. There's so much that goes on and sometimes afterwards you just feel, you just ask yourself like, Holy crap, we've got, we've got a lot more to do. It's not just this. Right. So I'm very thankful for Matthew for actually, um, you know, when you find a a business partner who works alongside you, uh, through thick and thin, and that is the point where you actually build a successful business because we've seen people fall out and fall in. The one thing that, that's kept the business going is the fact that neither of us will quit until we actually get to the point where we know that this is, is successful because we strongly believe in the idea and we see that there is traction with this, with this field and we've been making a, a huge ton of progress.
0: Well, the facts speak for themselves as well in that sense because, you know, you, one, you've made some progress. Two, you're working hard to can to get that ball rolling, essentially, um, you know, Matthews two jobs. You're working in the basement. You know, you you you're funding it yourself constantly um, in order to get it developed. It speaks for itself. You know how hard you're actually working. But obviously, and we mentioned this earlier on about working hard and working smart. Is is problems have occurred? And you said you just you've just said it, and you mentioned it earlier, Matt. Um, some very deep problems. What sort of issues have come along the way and what issues that you didn't really expect
1: oh my gosh there have been a cluster amount of issues that have just risen i mean the thing is you know when you start like you said we were really inexperienced we had no idea what we're doing um so first of all we needed to understand time management how are we going to sort that out we were finishing our A levels we wanted to progress so then we said okay let's really as soon as the a levels are done we can really plan beforehand and then that whole long so we first started with designs design was the first issue i think we went through four different variations of designs now we've come to design that fits the current year which is 2020 2021 sort of it is perfect because it's right now the entire ui um has changed to a min- as minimalistic as you can get so the more simpler the the design, the the easier it is for the users and the more liked it is. So we went through a whole amount of of, of designs, and there we spent hundreds of hours trying to to get something good. So that's the first issue that rose. But that's nothing. So to the bigger issues, uh, I think when we're talking about the biggest issue that really at uh, the point where we thought, okay, this is it, the company's done and we, we we're lost, was when. Um, We'd spent a fair bit on an app that we never ended up finishing uh, just because we decided this wasn't what we wanted to do. So we had allocated a budget for the app. Then mm. uh, because we got told by our developer that there was no way of publishing a PWA, which is a progressive web app on the app store, which is why we wanted it to then develop a, a native app. So we spent quite a lot of money on developing the first steps of the app because our developer told us something that was clearly very wrong um and then after he told us that very wrong thing soon after he then decided okay guys i'm out have fun good luck and that's it we were quite literally lost he gave us very little notice he gave us about a week and a half to two weeks to actually organize and find another developer uh, that actually understood the code base, which by the way, was also a huge mess because the developer was a good developer, but he was a mess. So uh, that made him a bad developer in a sense because he he didn't know where anything was. The code was written, rushed. It was just awful. When the new developers came in, which I fortunately found using a software to, to get all of these freelancers, I found these two fantastic Chinese developers Excellent, hardworking guys. Um, And I think it took them about three, three and a half weeks to fix up this shitty code base um and and start understanding what each function does it was a nightmare i nightmare, mean we quite yeah. literally were banging our heads as to whether or not this was worth our time anymore um and surely enough we, we we passed through it and now it's looking like it's clean we have very minimal bugs now we've ironed out all of these things and we're, we're, we're quite happy i think right now we're at a stage where um i have to say we're, we're, we're quite happy with progress um but I'm sure Heva has some other points, that other <laughs> issues that have risen. Before,
0: before you get onto that, Heva, I just I, I want to take a step back there. So with the app, right, you mentioned that mm. uh, you start the developer ended up doing one. That's what you said,
1: right? Mm. Did he, yeah. Why did he? He, he just didn't he believe made? in it. He, no, no. So he, he he got another job opportunity and he was just like, uh, his idea was, I just want to make six figures and then that's it. I'm out. Mm right oh, and he yeah. just that, that that was his only ambition it wasn't even the fact that he believed in the idea was that clear from the it beginning was... not really initially i really thought that he was in it for because mm. he believed in the idea until then suddenly he mentioned it and i was just like wow okay that's a shock because you know when you work so many hours with a person you really you you, you get along quite well yeah. um it can be trust me as tough as ever i mean we we've really had goes at each other um but even then you know towards the end of the night you knew you could say you could get along uh, again and you know you you would apologize or whatever if it if it came to a point where it had to be done um but yeah, no, he was just after the money, and that's just not how how it is uh, in a startup phase you have to believe in the idea to, to, to first yeah,
0: yeah.
1: get something so no, he was out um and yeah so have you got
0: had- have you got an app ready now or are you not going through with the app or?
1: So we have an app coming out pretty soon. Um, so that's gonna be coming out I'd say like a week and a half.
0: Oh wow, so it's close.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know
0: it's interesting because I had a, the, the the most recent um, startup entrepreneur that I had on is the same, but they they're a lot way up, uh, they're a lot further back there. Well, I guess they they're not, but then they are. They're, so they're um, heading into I think she said series A funding. So they're looking to get, you know, the money and it's it's about uh, creating an app as well as a platform, um, a social media platform almost to get people more uh, interactive. And basically the way it works is, is similar to Tinder, but it's you, you basically, you might put on it, oh, I want to go on a walk. Oh, I want to go to the gym on Sunday. And then um, everyone who are your friends, they can see it, where, where you, that you're going to the gym on Sunday and then they can join you as well. So, or you might want to go for a walk on Saturday, and people will see that, and they, you can join them or something like that. If you so, this you is only
1: friends it. that can see it, right? It isn't just yeah, anyone yeah. can see it. Yeah, because then anyone, it be no. can, You'd have like perverts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So there's, okay, there's, okay. There's friends that would see it. Yeah. So that was actually one of the things we right. talked about in the. Yeah, it's called clicks. It was really interesting. I, I'm, I'm really excited for this, um, for the, uh, for the app to come out because, um, I mean. I'm just really excited, but this isn't about clicks right now. This is about, um, this is about, I, I forgot the name of all of a sudden, Wutsu. Um, so, right. You've mentioned the problems there, Matt, but you also said that there's more. So, Hiva, tell mm. me more about some of these problems that you, and were these problems that you sort of expected along the way either, as well? Because the developer one would have been a huge shock. You uh, know, like, I mean, I'm sure everyone expects some problems at the beginning of a start. You go, oh, yeah, we're gonna, we'll, we'll probably have this issue. We'll probably have that issue. Hmm. Uh, in terms of problems that you didn't expect, what, what, what came across either?
2: Problems that we did expect. Um, well, in terms of the actual platform itself, hmm. you know, we, we were expecting issues with, you know, people ordering things. And sometimes there'll be a bug on the website, for example, that, you know, sometimes an order may not go through to the right store or there will be certain issues when someone tries to do something and you know, you get the wrong output. Um, they get taken to a different section of the website or app.
1: Although so the payment the, doesn't work. <laughs>
2: yeah, or the payment system doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the the, issue, the the thing is with, especially with technology I love startups. how Matt's
0: just like shaking his head right there in the background. <laughs> if I knew how to edit properly, I'd zoom into that. But Matt just going like this, just looking away be like, oh, what, are we, what am I doing? Why did I say yes to this guy? This is just stressing me out now. <laughs> oh.
2: That's the thing. It's like with with a technology startup. Yes, you can expect to have issues, but trust mm. me, like some of the issues, it's either you expect it and, and miss it because it's like so expected, right? Mm. Which is very weird. Yeah. Um, or like it, it just happens, right? So we've had we've had issues on the site, for example, where someone entering their postcode, uh, for example. And it would only show postcodes that had already been registered on our website. This is early days, like back in the beginning. We're like, yeah. holy shit. Like people couldn't enter their postcode properly into the site. And when you wow. go through and like, whose fault was this? Who did this? You start pointing fingers like, okay, I want to find out who did this, why this happened, and exactly where this problem came about. And that's the nature of the startup world, really. It's um, mm-hmm. someone, uh, I don't know who exactly mentioned this, but they described it very well. Uh, running a startup is basically... Um, you know, trying to save uh, an apartment block on fire, but except you can, you can only choose you can only choose which fires to burn out. You can't choose to burn out the entire fire, right? So you have to pick and choose yes. which ones you let live and which ones you, you kind of let stay, because that's how it is. You can't fix everything. It's impossible to. And people really take apps nowadays for granted. And um, that's one of the things me and Matthew didn't really know about until we kind of got into development of this, It's how much effort that's behind each button you press on an application. It's unbelievable. It's it's like sometimes we have, you know, we we show the website to people and we say, can you give us some feedback on the site? And they just give us a list of shit. And me and Matthew, we just read through it. We're like, how the fuck are we going to do this? It's going to take like a year before we even get like two of these. You know, this is crazy. And Matthew can tell you because he works in the development end. So, yeah, so, yeah. Uh,
1: uh, you, um, I would, so do you know how to, like, code and all that sort of stuff? Ish. Um, not to the level that the Chinese developers are at. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Nowhere near. I mean, these guys are some serious... Um, there's, like, one of them is a senior developer, and then the other one is an intermediate <laughs> developer that's um, being sort of overlooked by the senior developer, and so approving, reviewing all the code base um, but no, I, I mean, I understand it, but I'm, I'm not one that codes it with them. So, but I do have, more, uh, uh, we're both, even myself are both rather techie in a sense that we understand it. Um, but then when it comes to sort of the whole development, no, no, we, we, we do uh, use our developers for that. Um, and. That's where I do a lot of the QA testing. Which, trust me, it developers incompetent of being able to to QA test a, a, an app efficiently and actually accurately. So uh, QA testing is just quality assurance. So yeah, testing yeah, yeah. all. So once they've pushed out uh, something on the test site, I go, I test it. I quite literally stress test. I mean, they they call me the German because of how. I pinpoint the smallest details, but I just have such a sharp eye for that, and I think that's what makes a really good q a test and it's it's a significant part of having a successful app for sure well, i
0: mean we're we're a week and a half away i'm I'm very excited to see this now i want to see and I, I and I might actually depending on how this podcast goes, if we end up in an argument at the end, I might just pinpoint i might i might be the German to you. <laughs> Yeah, I might be like, oh, what's this? <laughs> the spelling error right now, I'm joking. I am excited to see it though. I'm very excited to see it. Um and I'm, yeah, I'm quite shocked so. as to how how close um you are, because sort of the way you were talking about it, I thought, oh, this is probably like still really early developments. So when the app does go online,
1: I mean even our website. Mean- yeah. I mean sorry to sorry to interrupt you, but no, even no, our website, we've we've spent, I mean, thousands of hours into this website because one thing that people do not understand is how reactive and how you can play a website. I can our website is quite literally an app if you go on the website right now on your phone. It is an app um, and that is extremely extremely difficult to do. Um, and that's where most competitors do not have any of that on, on, on even even on the desktop it feels like an app. it feels really so solid it feels so user-friendly and okay. i've worked so much on this to, mm. to, to really get our users to feel as comfortable with our app as well with our web app uh yeah, exactly. as, as possible yeah.
0: and you gotta remember that a lot of these people will probably be ethnic minorities as well i'm sure you've considered that they will probably, yeah, of course. you know if you had a complex website it would just be useless it's mm-hmm. got to be something that when they look at it they go oh okay so i already all oh, right so i will do that and then there you go um just to make it a bit easier which for you guys you know two people that are educated and for myself as well for us to do it like we 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 think like the most basic thing well what is the most basic thing to us could be extremely complicated to them yeah. you know and so you've got to take that into consideration but when the app does get released um uh, so when it is open does that mean that it's now open to
1: use and is it going to be open oh it's already to now to use it's as in as in the website itself well we're, we're completely operating already i mean oh, we're okay. live we have roughly 10 stores and we have i'd say another uh, 15 10 in the pipeline yeah 10 15 in the pipeline currently being uh, digitized so is it is it exclusive to only one area no we cover so Per store, we're able to do deliveries uh, 12 and a half miles from the store itself. So, everything. Oh, okay. So, that's how that's how our system works. Yeah. So, have we you covered most of then? London? Yeah, we oh, cover got... most of London basically. Wow.
0: Okay. So, it's London based then?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, okay,
0: okay. But I'm bringing wow. it
1: to Berlin soon. So, that's the idea. Are
0: you... Oh, so how far how, how far away is it from that?
1: From going to Berlin? Uh, I would say like a month and a half, and then we can start in Berlin.
0: Wow. So, you see now, I mean, I don't know if you guys can see it, because I guess for you guys, it's just, I think for you guys, you, you're still seeing it as, oh, we're still so far away, we're still fo- so far away. But for me, that's like, whoa, you're getting the ball rolling. And I don't mm. know if anyone <laughs> told you that yet, but you are actually <laughs> finally getting that ball rolling. <laughs> because for you Appreciate guys, it's going to be it. like, oh, we're a million miles away. that like, oh my God, we still haven't even done anything. Mm. Oh, we've created an app. Oh, what's that? We can only cover London. But for me, I'm listening to it, because the way you're talking about it, I think you guys are doing a disservice to yourselves here. Because the way you were talking about it, I thought it was like at least a couple of months off from being released, and you know I thought oh it'll probably just be in like one little area. But the fact that you've already covered most of London, um, that's phenomenal. Um, I I I I know we've um I've started gone a lot longer than I expected. Um, and so I want to sort of uh, round it up here in terms of as a startup and having experience now in a startup that is finally starting to come into fruition for someone that is thinking of starting up a startup. Um, what sort of tips would you give to them I know time management is a big thing mm. for you Matt mm.
1: yeah so I'll, I'll start um, yeah so I think one key key aspect of this is you know as, as you know I, I'm working two jobs and then to included so three I would never be able to do this if I didn't plan my day a week ahead. Um, as in, I, I plan, sorry, I plan my week a week ahead. So I know on what day I, I try to process. So I give myself structures in the day. So I say, okay, between those hours, I'm going to check my emails. I'm going to respond to my emails. In that part of the day, I'm going to do work for this company. And then at that part of the day, I'm going to work for this company. Because if I just mix and max everything, I'm going to go insane and I will never be able to do things on time people will start complaining and that's just, it's a a disaster. And that's where obviously time management is really, really important. Using software to help you such as our Monday board or taking notes like Eva does. Um, There's so many ways of doing it, but that's a crucial, crucial aspect. If you really wanna get things done and maintain deadlines and actually hit those deadlines on good timing. Um, There's that and then obviously um, just put in the hours. Mm. I mean, as easy as it sounds, um, you know, we, we both, even myself, we, we, we try uh, to work as much as we can. We do 16, 17 hours a day um, because that's just what it takes to, to hopefully get off the ground and really get the ball rolling.
0: In terms of your, I want to just that time management thing. So you, you, mm. you said that you, you plan your next week ahead, you plan your week ahead or week, like you plan your week a week ahead um yeah so how, what do you actually write down do you put you do you write down the whole week and go monday Tuesday, and and write down exactly everything that you do in those days or do you
1: have just certain? no so yeah so i mean i i don't i don't like writing things down. i like using my my calendar i use my calendar okay. for a lot of things i mean everything is in there um so i can keep getting you know notified on my phone if there's something coming up no so what i, I do do is i keep it generally um sort of vague in a sense that I just I know the general topic of what I'd like to achieve so I first have my to-do list of things I want to get done in the day Uh, like a tick list a checklist of what I want to get done and then during the day uh, or during the week I have sort of various topics that I want to have covered and I want to have sort of a better info or status on on that project and so that's that's how I do it so I don't go super specific because that won't ever work because trust me, you're going to get sidetracked by something else. Something more important is going to come up. And then you're obviously sometimes going to have to go a bit around the curve. And, and, and yeah, sort of do whatever is, is needs to be done uh, first. But that's why keeping it a bit vague, you can still mm. sort of plan a bit around it in case something like that does happen.
0: Okay. I think a lot of people underestimate techniques as well. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember watching something. And it said that the, the, the fatality rate of brain surgery brain surgeries went down by like 70% after someone, um, suggested that they saw, or after the, like, do so we like the world health organization but to do with brain surgery, um, suggested mm-hmm. that they use a checklist and they had such a specific checklist that it went down by 70% in terms of fatalities, because it just, it helps to almost keep you on track and you, because and even the tiny little things. like I, I personally like to have like tiny little tasks in there in my checklist just so I can check them off. Like one of them will be go for a run and then the next one will be have a shower. Obviously, I'm yeah. going to have a shower. But to be able to take But it's satisfying life, also. Is, yeah, right. Like it's, it's also exactly. satisfying. <laughs> yeah, and it's getting that momentum rolling. And, and I guess the yeah. whole theme of the podcast is you know about trying to get that ball rolling. Um, and once you get it rolling, you notice that you start doing more and more tasks because you have that first almost that first high of ticking that and it was such an easy one you go oh I want the next one and then I want the next one etc etc. Kiva what about you what sort of tips would you give to someone that's that starting a startup?
2: I think the first thing is to continue just off what Matthew was saying uh, Matthew's been a great help in terms of um, trying to get like uh, trying to help me in terms of my schedule and things because one thing that I used to do was when i and this is this is anyone can learn from this is that when you write something in your planner don't write just like arbitrarily big goals like finish this or finish this break it down into tangible small little bites that you can do uh, like like as you said like with the shower with with, with the running when you break it down to small steps that helps you to keep motivation going mm-hmm. right and very often some days you won't get everything done so try and Rather than trying to put one big task there and saying, oh, shit, I can't finish it. I'll do it tomorrow. If you break it down into three steps and then spread that over three days, that's much more achievable to, to somebody. So that's the first thing I'd say. And the second thing I'd say to anyone that's trying to think of doing a startup or who's in one, or actually it's, it more applies to anyone that's thinking of starting a startup, is to actually have an honest conversation with yourself and be serious. Is it, is it just an idea or do you want to start it? Because... I think there's a, there's a very big gap. It's not a thin, a thin line between someone who's, who's in a startup and someone who has an idea, it's a it's huge gap. Yeah. Because that jump that you take, once you take that jump, like Matthew and I did, like when Matthew said yes to this company, you can't look back, right? It's a huge journey ahead of you. So if you're serious with yourself with an idea, you just need to start it. You just need to do that initial push, Look for look for the teammates that you need to help you build your business um start looking for capital start looking for those things that you need to need to get because very often we have a society that praises people with having ideas as opposed to tangible projects so the honest conversation with yourself and then writing down those tangible steps to keep that project going i think is the key to making a startup the initial phase at least the rest will come naturally and don't you can't really um When me me and Matthew started this company, we had no idea where the fuck we were going for the first six months. Uh, I'll be be serious. Like we kind of like, yeah, we know we should do this and this, and that's, that's fine. That's completely okay, because that's how it is. You know, you're never really gonna know until you kind of get into it. It's a startup. Startups are based around chaos and you're kind of just finding your way through to the end. So I think honesty, getting your goals in check, tangible steps. And the third thing is, you know, um, being okay with the kind of like fall or the chaos that starts in in, in a startup.
0: Being okay with that fire almost in the building and understand and accepting that there is always going to be a fire in that building. You just got to choose, you got to be smart in which one you choose to put out.
2: Look, like me and Matthew, we, there are so many issues with our application to this day that we kind of look at and we say, okay, is this really important? Is this going to be worth the money that we invest Mm -hmm. into it? Because we have that conversation, we say, "Well, fuck it, we we can't do this one." So it is. It's it's literally like you're firefighting. Me and Matthew are constantly firefighting. We're saying, "Okay, we can tackle this. We can't do this because that's not important right now." You know, you have to be as long as you have the focus. And for us, it's the revenue, it's building the business, it's getting those stores, then you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, brilliant. All right, final question to the both of you: Five years time, where is Wootsy?
1: Okay, hopefully we're all over the UK. Uh, We've covered a large chunk. No, like a very, very large chunk of the UK, at least in the major cities such as Birmingham, Bristol, uh, Bath, and the whole lot. That—that's, I think they are short and snappy. I'd say we've covered the major cities in in the UK.
0: Would you say the same, Heber? Would you say that's your sort of goal in five years' time?
1: Expansion, more
2: stores, finding more ways to be creative. And I would say the final thing is understanding what our customers needs are and then adapting to them
0: 100 well hopefully in five years time 17th of february 2026 i think yeah 2026 20 2026 that sounds so weird to say um yeah you can come back on this podcast because hopefully i'll still be going with this and we mm-hmm. can do a five-year review and it'll be great i'm actually going to put Hope it on, my on tv for, for five years five years time but yeah maybe this no. will be on tv who knows what the world will be like in five years time mm-hmm. And that is it for today's episode of the Me, Myself and Hopefully You podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do share us on your social medias. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss the next episode, which I promise, I promise on my heart, I cross my heart that it is going to be an episode not to be missed. Uh, It was definitely uh, one of my most proudest episodes to uh, create and I can't wait to release it. And if you want a sneak peek, then make sure you head over to our Instagram page, MMHY Podcast. Me, myself, and hopefully you podcast. Shortened it down because the other one was just too long.
2: Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Until next time.